Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Saturday, May 13th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Now, today's show was not planned. Actually, I wasn't going to be doing a show today. And you might be asking, why is Ryan not wearing his coat like he always is? Well, I decided to wear my free speech absolute shirt, seeing as how we're doing basically an entire focus on the illusion of free speech on Twitter and what just happened. And, you know, the avoiding as much as possible the I told you so moments that I am absolutely rightfully spooky. All the things we've been saying about Twitter, about Elon, I feel like are, you know, it, we, nobody should be assuming we know what's going to happen next. But it's very interesting to see what just happened. And I, I don't even need to explain. I know all of you are well aware. For those that might not know what's happening, we'll get into it today with the the new CEO of Twitter and where that seems to be going. But free speech absolutism is something that we've talked about on this show. It's a difficult line to walk. It really is, because you will always be put to the challenge when somebody brings up something that you genuinely do not agree with, especially something that's disgusting, something that is just reprehensible. The point is, there's a very, there's, you know, there's a difference in, in regard to free speech when we're talking about actions versus words, right? Now, I have every right and so to you to have a very to feel a very certain way whatever that is to you about things that people say and you can hold them accountable for those things in the way you perceive them and the way you decide to act or or engage or not engage with those people but actions are what matter especially since we live in a world where people say a lot of things they don't actually mean like all the politicians and all the people we talk about today or in general <laughs> the reason that's important is because when that's abused when that line is blurred, when we talk about freedom of reach, but not freedom of speech, even though they're literally historically the same thing. In fact, legally speaking, as far back as you want to look, they're one in the same. They're intertwined. Uh, Hussein uh, uh, or um, uh, Sam Husseini and I had a good talk about this. The problem is that when that line is blurred, people in power abuse that. That's why founding fathers argued this was an inherent right. Whether or not they ever wrote it down, it's something that you have as a human being. And I think that's what we have to understand today, is we're, we're being manipulated. Whether they know that or not, I can't speak to what's inside their brains, but my opinion is people are asking, like, how could this possibly have happened? I can tell you, it's very simple. It's exactly what it looks like. He lied to you. He is not what he looks like. He's not your friend. He's not fighting for free speech. He's doing, I mean, I could give you my opinions about what I think is trying to be accomplished, but at the end of the day, it's just not what we were told. And that's what really matters. And right now you're getting this kind of spinning out of the two-party illusion on people. I'll get into the differentiating, opinion, differentiating opinions, which are kind of humorous, but still frustrating to see people on the left seemingly simultaneously or rather i should say split in some of these and i'm talking about the fringe not the real majority which i think we talk about often people that are over here saying well no 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 you're wrong she's actually a far-right extremist and then other people saying yay he did the right thing and now we've got a lefty in charge and then you got the right over here acting like she's an outrageous lefty and we're going to get into the obvious reality of what her politics seem to be but then some people going, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Elon would have done that if he didn't know she was secret. Or alternatively going, well, they must have threatened him. All these assumptions just grasping into the wind instead of just going, he didn't do what he was going to say. He didn't say, now is it possible he was threatened? Of course. But why we would assume into that when there's nothing to suggest that is only because you want to bolster what you wanted to be the truth. Or maybe you're afraid to admit that you think you might be wrong. However you look at this. 
we need to just be honest with what we're seeing in front of us. Now, this won't be very long today, so let's get into the information around this. And as I said, I, honestly, it's rare that I'll even do a show about something like this. These are important things, in, especially like insofar as it affects where I see this going with the Great Reset and, and social engineering and the controlling of conversations. There is something very important about what Twitter, Twitter has become and these other social media platforms. Not to say that that means we need them, but ultimately that what they are in the way that this is working today with our social engagement and politics, that Twitter's become, or rather just let's say social media has become very important to the way they control you, and as well as the way that we interact with each other. So this is an important topic to understand where this goes, but you know my opinion about this stuff, what's going on in foreign policy and East Palestine and any number of other topics that are gigantic and being barely covered far more important to me and should be to you in my opinion. But what I mean is that in usually when I just have a topic like this, I don't make an entire show about it, not to diminish the topic, but just to say that this is something that is more of a kind of social conversation about the overarching manipulations and, and a little bit of a few touches. Now, I could have made a larger show about the technological side, but I'm saving some things to get into a deeper discussion about that. That's just the Twitter part of it. It's just kind of the surface level. And there's some really crazy stuff we're going to get into, probably not tomorrow, because tomorrow is Mother's Day. And as a good son, I make sure that's dedicated to my mother. But there's some really interesting stuff in regard to where this is going next. We just talked about the 6G human antennas. Now, right now, someone's going, whoa, conspiracy theory. It's peer-reviewed science. It's real stuff that they're literally working on right now, which is very concerning. But there's other stuff we could get into as well in regard to where this is going in that same direction, blanketing the, the earth with sensors and, and the way that this, you know, these steps are going in directions that are so far beyond what we ever thought was happening or even possible. The discussion of, of the Internet of Nano things, that's a real thing that apparently has been around for a decade, <laughs> but we don't know about this. Even the document I'll get into probably the next show is going to talk about how this is something that is barely talked about, but yet almost done. <laughs> It just shows you that there's something much bigger going on around all this. Now, back to the point, I do think that Twitter is playing a central role in either our misunderstanding of what's really happening or just the division tactics that keep us from paying attention. So keeping all that in mind, let's get started with a couple of side notes before we get into the Twitter conversation, just since I just can't not point some of this stuff out, seeing as how I think these things are far more important personally. It's continuing to happen in Israel, in case you haven't seen this, or occupied Palestine. Robert's been covering this. I'm sure he's got more coming out shortly. We'll be covering this as we go forward. Israel has assassinated six Palestinian commanders in the span of four days. And I understand the one part that seems to be missed by most of, seemingly everybody, most of the independent media and all the corporate media, is that Egypt told these individuals there was a ceasefire. Just like what, what happened in Yemen. And of course, because you frame them simultaneously as terrorist, human, dehumanizing these people, well, then it kind of, we just kind of don't care that they lied about it because they're bad guys, right? Well, that's not really the reality. Either way, a lot of civilians, 30, 40, the numbers have been up in the air flying around different platforms, but 10, over 20, 30 different individuals, women, children have been killed because of collective punishment, because of arbitrary bombing of places to punish people. I mean, this is, this is owned by the Israeli government. You just won't hear this being stated by our corporate media. But this is just horrific, and nobody seems to care. One quick interesting thought, by the way, just not that, you know, this call me a conspiracy theorist, plenty do. I had an interesting thought that, you know, we see Israel's government kind of spin off a lot of these clashes, the media loves to call them. 
And I always wonder sometimes why they seem to happen and then die back down. I had a thought, interestingly enough, as the East-Palestine conversation seems to be exploding, you might be wondering why you didn't know that if you haven't heard that. But corporate media won't tell you, and I'll show you one quick point in a minute, but it's, it's not even up for debate. What's happening in East-Palestine is unreal. They're all getting sick and no one's and everyone's telling them they're wrong. It's, it's actually mind blowing other than independent media with the courage to point it out. My thought was, well, while that's completely breaking down in front of them and other conversations are opening up, suddenly Palestine kicks off. You're going, well, may, maybe one of the reasonings was to just bury Palestine in the con- you look up East Palestine. You're going to get a lot of Palestine stuff. Just a thought. I don't necessarily think that's why, but I just like to put those out there to make people think. Things like that actually happen as much as you may be rolling your eyes. The reality is a lot of things are taken into consideration when actions like this happen, especially when you know that sometimes these are based on nothing more than politics. Whitney wrote, or excuse me, Whitney's uh, Unlimited Hangout on Whitney's website, written by, uh, I thought it was Starov, that's interesting, uh, Stavrola Pabst. I just, I was reading it in my head wrong the whole time. Uh, One of her writers wrote a great article called Ukraine's Future Lies in the Great Reset. Now, we've actually focused on this in a two different episodes. I will come back to this. I'm just going to mention this for you guys to read. It's a great article. Elite plans for digital ID, central bank digital currencies, and a green post-war economy proliferate in Ukraine as conflict rages. It's weird how that can simultaneously roll out massive changes of infrastructure while they're supposedly, you know, that doesn't make sense. The same thing where they say the biggest pandemic of our lifetimes. Meanwhile, they're rolling out all these projects. It's like, well, wait a minute, either you're too busy to basic do basic things for people, which is what you argued, or you're not, and you're rolling out all these extra projects. It's obvious the reality, but it says, manifesting in Ukraine's Adia app, which we've talked about, the E-Hervinia, the corporate takeover of Ukraine's war efforts. We've talked about, actually, I'll, I'll point out an article in a minute that doesn't necessarily tie into Ukraine, but the idea of people like Academy or Blackwater or these mercenary groups that are very clearly operating in Ukraine privatization of war she also writes and other efforts that signal a fourth industrial revolution rollout outlining these efforts and who's behind them she argues that ukraine cannon fodder status before the before and during nato's proxy war makes it an ideal testing ground for the great reset do you remember the points we made about this how right when this was exploding people were going oh by the way ukraine during this time has been the only country in the world to meet all of the great reset metrics yet you should have laughed at that because that's crazy stupid that somehow they were managed, they, and I don't even know if it's true, to be honest, but the point is they were putting that forward early, early. So read this, and we'll come back to this in general. David Miller also points something out, this on Mint Press News, how my name appeared on a Ukraine regime blacklist, and how I discovered that the infamous kill list is actually run by Nazis on behalf of the regime and is hosted by NATO on its web services in Brussels. This is not a joke, guys. Great work. David Miller, make sure you check this out. The point is, you've already heard this, but I'm just kind of blown away. Now, I will go deeper on this again. These are important topics. I just want to get in front of you until the next show I do. But the idea that not only is this list real, but people push back on this. Eva Bartlett's on this list. People like Roger Waters are on this list. And it's not something to disregard. It is an open, discussed assassination list framed dishonestly by the corporate media. Like what? Like nothing else, right? But it's run by people we know that are open extremists, Nazis, fascists, neo-Nazis. But on top of that, that it's actually hosted in a NATO country by NATO in web servers in Brussels. I mean, my God, if you don't see what's going on by now, this is not some accidental overlap or oversight. This is a plan. They know who they're working with and they're actually just like with the moderate rebels. (laughs) It's like we can't stand back and go, oh, 
They all said moderate rebels. They all lied. They all said you were dumb for saying otherwise. Then suddenly we find out, oh, they're the worst extremists we could possibly think of. And then they just name them something else and go, oh, can we keep going forward? We call them a different name now and you guys are that stupid. Some people fell for it or didn't care. It's the same damn thing. 30 seconds ago, they were all Nazis and this is terrible. And then suddenly you, Russia invades and all of a sudden you guys are wrong about it. You don't understand. There was an obvious agenda that broke here where they were planning and you can still see them fumbling to do this to blame the Nazi presence on Russia. There was an obvious plan that built up to this. And I think we actually blew this up. I think we truly destroyed this agenda. It's still happening, though. Either way. Look into it. Understand what's really going on. And this is both the U.S., U.K., the West. Then lastly, a really outstanding article from Whitney Webb on The Last American Vagabond. Prince and the Spy. This is about Eric Prince. As she said, as Whitney wrote, a T-Lab investigation has found that Eric Prince, the man behind the Blackwater Mercenary Group, now Academy, recently teamed up with an Israeli spy, creating a front company with her to help Israeli defense technology providers exploit loopholes and sell their products to the American military. The, main, the real point here, I'm, I'm usually Whitney and I will do an interview about some of the things she writes on here, so maybe we'll do that as well. But we've talked about Carbine, Carbine 911. And the idea, and, this is, and every time we talk about this, it's like people just kind of, they, it's like they just assume that can't be true. <laughs> well, look it up. It's not debatable. Carbine 911, basically let's put it this way, the simplest way before we you know, not take too much time on this. An Israeli tech company, which, as she writes about and covers extensively, is an overlap between their intelligence. Most of them run by groups from Unit 8200. It's a CIA kind of overlap discussion for, you know, to place it in people's minds that don't know what that group is. These people are running intelligence entities that, in some cases, are only existing in the United States. Why does that make sense to anybody? But on top of that, Carbine 911 is a, is a resource or uh, uh, a call center for 911 calls ran by an intelligence entity that's run by former or former Israeli intelligence in the United States. And most U.S. calls now go through these centers. The point is, and you can look it up for yourself, if you call these numbers, you call 911, they have access to the information on your phone. They can save that information. This can be used. Bottom line is, you can make it about just Israel. And that does matter because Israel's government is very clearly a problem. But any foreign government should matter. Any of them, UK, any of them. But the fact that they just pretend like this isn't a problem. And then you realize what Eric Prince, likely a CIA asset, and what they've been doing and how this overlaps, then overlap that with the way this all seems to be going in regard to the Great Reset and technocracy. This is a very concerning thing. But read it for yourself and understand how this all connects together. And what it really comes down to is the, the wholesale overtaking of our infrastructure in this country by a foreign entity. Think about that. Now, East Palestine, before we go on a couple, I just want to include some of these things that aren't being covered while we you know, focus on Twitter today. This is what you're going to see in the corporate news today. Top, top stories. Norfolk Southern train derails near East Palestine. No hazardous material. So first of all, my thought on this is like, come on, man. Like this is, look, maybe nothing happened. Maybe it's just another casual train derailment that we pretend is normal, which is totally not. And we should really care that this happens so often. But how do we trust them at this point? Right? Aren't they also still telling us nothing happened over there and we cleaned it up and everything's fine? It's not fine. And people are being hurt right now. Still, three plus months after that, still having pus-filled things on their face and vomiting and dizziness. And that's really still happening. It's not hyperbole. And then a train derails right near them again. And they go, don't worry, nothing's wrong. Well, maybe, maybe not. 
This is what they talk about when they screech about how we lost trust. Well, yeah, you never really had it. But what happened here, and I'm talking about COVID, really, but in the same way, people see through you now. It's not like you made one small mistake and now we're questioning. You guys have continued to fail over and over with all the different fake cleanups and all the cover-ups that you've done. And now people are finally attuned to it. So we shouldn't trust this. It should matter. And I don't know why we would trust anything else coming out of these groups anymore. But otherwise, you know, look at this. Norfolk Southern plans to compensate them, their homeowners. Well, there's a real concern whether this might have been the entire point about the land grab and so on. It matters. Now, I'm not going to begrudge people that want to at least get some money for the ruined lives that they caused. But how much you want to bet it's not even going to be remotely what their houses are worth. We've already seen them refusing to pay for even filters, which they recommended. You're not going to hear this from the corporate media because they don't care. Corporate interests trump what they're doing. Rail safety and energy costs divide Senate Republicans. Yeah, that's what matters. That's the top story from East Palestine? Hardly. Oh, and this is the worst one. You talk to anybody in town, there's a few businesses there that, you know, you can't, again, can't begrudge a business for just trying to keep their business alive. But what's happening is you've got the corporate side of this framing this as, we're all good. Come back in. We're here and we're okay. Come back. to see. That's not what's happening. Most of these people, like when the lady just spoke to Fox and said, you know, you're giving us free haircuts. Is that what makes it better? My, 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 my son can't see and he's vomiting every 30 seconds. But yeah, give us some ice cream. Now we feel better. That's what this seems to, that they feel that they're being misrepresented. They are. But here's what's really going on if you want a couple of insights. Well, one other couple of points on this. This is crazy to me that, you know, you know we've been covering this. A lot of us have. Platforms larger than me or T-Lab in general. And yet this is May 5th. And, you know, look, I, I'm kind of, in, I don't really like the, the Aaron Brockovich overlap has started to kind of frustrate me. See, people like the Whalen Group, or I think it was the Whalen Group, one of the groups there that's independently testing has already called out that they're misrepresenting the facts. Now, it could be an accident, but they came out and said, look, what you just said on the news, that's not right. You're making it seem like we just discovered this. They've known that from the very beginning. Now, again, it could be an oversight, but I'm starting to just wonder that. But either way, he says, it turns out Norfolk Southern nuked the town of East Palestine by blowing up the train cars filled with cancer-causing toxins. Three months later, they're reporting deadly... Right. Oh, it's, it's, May, it's it, May 10th. What do you mean it turns out? Like, this is breaking information? He literally wrote breaking. Like, I'm not trying to hate on some. I'm just saying, come on, guys. It's amazing the lack of insight to these information. This has been the most obvious thing in the world since February, middle of February. But apparently, News Nation makes put this out, and suddenly it's breaking news to some people. That's crazy to me. And I'm not talking about just T-Lab. Talking about how it's impossibly obvious that we live in a very, very tightly controlled environment right now, which kind of makes it clear that there is no just working hard and making it anymore, right? Especially in this business. There's not, there, this is why I've recently been talking out about you know people out there that want to help us grow, reach out because I am determined to make this happen very quickly. I'm trying to find, and I'm not talking about like the advertisers and all the stuff that compromises us. I'm trying to find things out there for people that want to invest in what we're doing that does not compromise content, which will be publicly available for anyone to look at. You're out there and you've got resources and you want to make, reach out because we are trying to grow this to the point to where we have a massive studio, cameras, the team behind us, the whole damn thing. We're not that far away right now. But my point is that without that kind of un, you know, growing past the control structures, starting our own network, it's literally impossible other than floating these things out, having people see them in certain communities, which we value because that's the only way we succeed is because of you. 
but then having that stepped on, misrepresented, and pushed forward by larger platforms that don't put source material, that hide the information, and that give you half the story. And even our community overlaps with that. That's impossible. And that's a problem. Nick Sortor points out, the, breaking, the, the, the U.S., the EPA is now saying they're not consulting about the controlled burn. They weren't, which we've proven to you that's not true, which caused the East Palestine train explosion and did not approve it. One former EPA official said the controlled burn was a mistake. Now, here's the point for this. Now, that is, when he said this, that technically was you know, breaking, per se, on the fourth-ish when they said that. But what's interesting to me, you can't miss the bigger point here. When, and this, is the, this goes for everything we talk about, including Twitter and everything else. When this happened, right, when this started, let's just say middle of February, what was every single corporate media saying? Every single one of them, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, all of them. They said it was a controlled burn, it was a choice made, and it was the right thing to do. Over and over and over and over and relentlessly pushing back on anybody that said it was a bad thing, saying it was a dangerous move and they had to do it because it was going to explode. We heard the story over and over. Now, where was that coming from? These are supposed to be journalists, right? Well, if, if the EPA is now saying we don't even know and we think it's a mistake, where was that? Was the EPA not speaking up? Did the corporate media not care? Was it lied about and now they're changing their story? Well, all of it, probably. But the end of the day is that the corporate media didn't know any better or didn't care or lied to you. There's no way around that. It's the same thing with foreign policy conversations, the same thing with what we're going to talk about on Twitter. These people are mindless automatons that repeat what they're told in some cases and others maybe a little more with a little more agency, like maybe a Tucker of the world, but they're not on your side and they're not actually here for truth. And, you know, as Tucker stepping into Twitter, which we're not even going to focus on today, it's kind of not, it's kind of, in my opinion, obvious to see where this is going. And I actually think this was probably planned from the very beginning, just my opinion. But overall, if they were telling you this was a controlled burn, that the EPA made the right choice, that they all decided this is what every channel was telling you, you have to realize that right now what they're telling you, it's a coin flip, isn't it? They could be lying. They could not know any better. But yet we get shouted down. Not just corporate independent media, but anybody out there saying the opposite on Twitter or on social media, anywhere else, which shouldn't really matter. The point is about you understanding the truth and being able to relay that to people who care about it. But if we just need to recognize how controlled all this is. Now, no way in support of Charlie Kirk, I'm not that much of a fan of or at all. (laughs) I just want to point out his tweet because he's the first place I saw it. And that's how that works. Credit where credit is due, because I agree with what he said here. Three months ago, we were told the controlled burn in East Palestine was decided by experts. It was completely safe. He's right. That's what they kept telling us. They did it perfectly. It was planned. They executed it. They let with, and we proved immediately that wasn't true. They didn't lay anything down. It wasn't controlled. And they just ran with the narrative because that's what they do, guys. I mean, it's it's just the same old thing over and over and over. I was just, I was, yeah, I was going to play this just for fun, really quickly, a part of it anyway. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible. One-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false 
false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same stories without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda control. Exactly what people think, and this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is just can't. I that just never gets old. Uh, You know, it's just it's exactly why we always point out that at some level, people that continue to buy all the BS kind of want to. Like you just can't ignore how stupid that is, and how they're literally blindly repeating a narrative about how people blindly repeat things without checking it. I mean, it just that is classic. So the point, again, is that this is what they keep doing. They all repeated it. They all said what they didn't. They didn't even know any better. And as he goes on, now the EPA says they weren't even consulted. Again, so did they lie? Did the media not even ask? Look, uh, there's something in there where the average person needs to go, aha, I can't blindly trust these things. And this, this obviously carries over with what we're going to get into right out of the gate in the first part in regard to the Twitter, new Twitter CEO, right, about telling us that we need to trust corporate media. Like their parents did and the old generations do because fake news. I mean, it's just not, it's easy to see who this person is. But it says, and even consulted on the decision to burn it, which other claims about the disaster will turn out to be lies, right? And that's the way you should be thinking about this, whether we're talking about any of them, right? Including things Charlie probably would want to talk about, like the right side of the conversation and Donald Trump and whoever else on that side that's equally as ridiculous that they'll choose to ignore and only focus on the left because that's how the two-party paradigm breaks logic. If you want to know more about East Palestine, we've covered it since the very beginning, you know, for the most part, a week later when nobody was talking about it in the sense of before we talked about it. Right. So it was right about the same day I started is when everybody else started talking about it, Tucker, everybody else. And it was weird how it was just absent for about 10 days, which who knows what was going on then, as well as a few COVID things I'll include, which I will come back to in a Next show I'm going to be doing things like Dr. Uh, Sukrit Bhakti, who is now being persecuted for his discussion points about the Holocaust overlap conversation about what's happening with all of this. You know, the same thing many people pointed out, that there are many different Holocaust survivors who are openly telling you that what happened during COVID to them, at the very least, was worse than what they experienced then. You, it's, it's amazing how all they do when that happens is skip right over the fact that it was either a Jewish person or somebody who existed during that time that experienced it and just go, Bakhti's a racist because he's pointed at what the person it's, – it's inherently stupid. Sort of like Andrew Bridgen who pointed out that a Jewish person said that. That's all he said, and they spin out of control and say he's some kind of Holocaust denier. That's the best they can do. But guess what? Even though they're lying and it's that easy to see they're lying, he still lost his position. It just shows you the kind of control these liars and influencers have. But now Bhakti is being persecuted for this, despite being so obviously correct about one of the earliest things. In 2020, he said you would be going to your doom with these injections. And he's right. And everyone's been proving that. And yet he is still being persecuted now for hate speech. You see how this works? So read this. Meryl Nass is pointing this out. We need to support somebody like this because he's on your side. He's on the side of truth. Not stuff like this. This is from May 11th. Brits are dying in the tens of thousands, and we don't really have any idea why. We're baffled, guys. We're just baffled. Now, what you'll laugh about in a macabre way, because this is really messed up, is that you can find almost this identical title like every other month for the last two years. 
We don't even know. We're baffled. It's, we can't even tell. A baffling brain disease. A baffling. And it's just about as stupidly obvious as anything I've ever seen. Not to say that we know that every one of them are the same thing. But when you can see something like this and there's an obvious correlation, that alone should be the first place. But nope, nope, nope. Just like Scotland. We already did it back in 2020. You're all liars. We're not even going to look. I know we've got babies dying everywhere, but we're not even going to look at the vaccine because you're crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Because we clearly know to some degree that is playing a part. Personally, I think it's damn near all of it. But I would never say I know that because I'm not as stupid as those people. The corporate media that blindly lie about what they want you to think. But we'll come back to that as well because it's just utterly ridiculous. Dr. Claire Craig points out she's calculated total excess mortality for the preceding year each week from January 2020. This is based on their own baseline, ONS. 2023 actually might even overtake 2020, 2021, and 2022 at even week 19 if the trend continues. You know what that shows you? That they're killing people. And they can screech about what they don't know, right? That's the worst part. We don't know. It could be long COVID. What do you mean is we have no idea and we're ignoring the facts and we're pointing at something we can't prove because the obvious is right in front of you. The thing you pushed on people is killing people. It's undeniable. And in fact, we've got peer-reviewed science that literally says exactly that. 36% increase against the placebo. That's phase three trials from Pfizer. Immunosuppression, dysregulation, sustained produced production of the spike protein that they've admitted is dangerous. But all these are crazy fake news conspiracy theories right in peer-reviewed science from British Medical Journal, Science.org, Science Direct, Elise Severe. Yeah, all those fake news blogs, right? I mean, it's just pathetically stupid. Here she is again pointing out people vaccinated in the last six months have the same hospitalization rate as those that have been unjabbed for a year. Unless you're 40 or 49 when it's actually twice as high. What does that show you? That you are at more risk if you've got injections in your body. You can look at the data directly from the UK government. But yeah, I bet you the UK government's just a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Probably not that far off today for the different reasons. But all that aside, We will come back to the COVID discussion at some point in the next two days, probably the day after tomorrow. Endless amounts of information to get into. I just want to give you a brief kind of point that some of the things we'll get into, things like this. The FDA grants investigational approval to pork products made from gene-edited pigs. We'll talk about the mapping of the world, the Internet of Nano things, and all this stuff coming up in the next show. Sorry to tease, but here we're going to get into just the Twitter stuff to finish the show today. Now, this just kind of shocked me that I, I never really thought it would be this stupidly obvious. I've been yelling about this from the very beginning. Now, I'm not saying I knew, and I'm still not going to say I know that Elon is, a, is X, Y, and Z. I don't know. Nobody knows what he's thinking or what he wants to accomplish. But I will tell you my opinions, which is what I said in the beginning, that he's not on your side. His actions are clear. All, look, I've said this before about many things. We can all assume about anything we want. Could be this, could be that. Here's something that plays a factor. But all we can really do is look at the evidence and conclude that from the evidence. And when you start to go, well, we know that he likes these or he said this in the past, you're going to go down rabbit holes. You're going to decide what you want. What do we have on the table? We have promises about free speech, not delivering free speech. We have promises about not censorship and censorship continuing. We have promises about source material, Fauci files, and none of that actually happening. We have promises about on and on and on. And here we are. Hiring a person for the CEO of Twitter who comes from NBC, who's a part of the World Economic Forum, who has openly expressed opinions about masks, mandates, vaccines, and everything you would expect to be the opposite of what people claim Elon is about right now. And yet still, people are reeling out about how we we shouldn't jump to conclusions. And that's a fair statement. We shouldn't jump to conclusions. But we're not jumping to conclusions. 
it's the facts on the table. That is what she is. Now, maybe she'll end up doing something different when she's in the position or from this point forward. Maybe. I'm not going to say I know that, but you can't dismiss the obvious reality of what she's already said and done. Just like we point out Elon Musk and all of the exact overlaps with the Great Reset and every single part they're pushing for. Could be coincidence and maybe he's changed his mind, but maybe not. To assume into the person you would. It's the same with Trump, guys. The same thing would happen. Things would come out about Trump and people would say, ah, that can't be true. Okay. It's like, well, here, it's right here. And it's, well, and it could be false or who knows, but what they don't do is then look at it and investigate it. Right. When you like, I remember talking about this with the early conversation of the Afghanistan bomb, the Moab. When all of a sudden it turned out, guess what? Trump didn't even order that. Remember that? His generals did it. They turned out that he had given them the authority to act without presidential authority. That's crazy. I showed somebody that and they said, no, 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 that, that can't be true. It's like, well, it's, it's right there. I, I can show it. Oh, no, no. There must be some other explanation. Okay. Well, then what is it? I don't know. No, no, no. Okay. Well, then if you're not going to look, at what the alternative could be, then you don't even want to know. So the point is, you're just choosing to place this as can't be true. I'm not even going to look, and then you're going to leave it there. That's just like the Bayer's reports from the other side, where they go, fake news, it must be all conspiracy theories. Well, then prove it. Ah, yeah, we don't have time. Okay, then. Well, then you're just choosing to put these real possibilities on a shelf because you don't want to engage with the possibility or rather the truth. That's what we're dealing with in a lot of ways from both sides right now, which is kind of ridiculous. But as I said, Here's Huffington Post. Elon Musk to tap NBC, uh, what is it, NBC Universal, Linda Yaccarino as Twitter CEO. And this is confirmed now. He has tweeted about it. I'll show you myself. Because nothing screams free speech like corporate media, right, guys? Now, the real the way they play this game is the whole free speech versus freedom of reach. And she even says that in an interview with him. The point is that that's, an, that's a lie. As uh, Sam Hussein and I talked about at length, and he made this point. I give him credit for bringing this up, and he's absolutely right. That if you look up the information, like universe or rather uh, internationally, the idea historically about freedom of reach is a part of freedom of speech. Because it's the same to, to pretend like, yeah, you can say whatever you want, but you're in this dark corner where no one can even find you, and we're suppressing your reach so no one can even see you. But yeah, you can yell all day. That's the same thing we've been saying for years. That's the same thing that Twitter or YouTube and everybody else does. They sometimes just directly censor, but most of the time they just shadow ban and suppress and throttle. That's what they're doing still. And he's admitted that. They're still censoring what they call hate speech. They're working with the ADL. I mean, we got to wake the hell up and see what always has been happening here. They gave, they threw a few people a bone. Look, I got my account back. I'm not going to diminish that. But is, is it really just about the account or is it about keeping an image going? And, and look, you, you, what I said earlier today to somebody, what really matters is what were people's minds changed? Some, to some case, to some degree, yeah, I would argue they were. Maybe, I, maybe with my Twitter account, I was able to reach a few more people and they saw this and X, Y, and maybe. Probably, actually. But what really matters to me is the long-term change here. And if what you created or what they created was just another Alex Jones, Joe Rogan scenario, not to speak on them in any way, negative or otherwise, but just simply make the point that what they do with those people is turn it into a wedge part where basically they say, well, if it's on Joe Rogan, I'm not going to trust it which is what a lot of people do. Or if it's on the show, I'm going to blindly trust it. Same thing. They do this. And so the point is that now anything Twitter to a lot of people on the left is, well, it's Republican Twitter, so it's probably fake. And then they don't even look. Like I just said, probably, they're probably lying. They don't even look. So what ultimately happens is you create a situation where now, despite the change, and really it was just kind of a flip-flopping, and even then, by the way, plenty of doctors are still censored. Things are still, people are still being censored. I just proved that the other day. 
The point being is if they can keep this going, well, they can create the same division. They can create a situation where it seems like change is actually happening. But really, we're still divided. We're still being censored. Where it matters and the, the narrative and what's important to censor is shifting as time goes forward. But as I said, Yaccarino, the chairman of the global advertising at NBC Universal and the chairman of the World Economic Forum's task force on, on future of work. Here's Sophia Dahl pointing out. He excited to announce that I've hired a CEO for X. Remember, remember X, we we're talking about the universal app digital ID discussion. He's open about that. Not necessarily saying digital ID, but that's the only thing that makes sense about the identification. Having, you know, If you're able to pay your bills and do the kind of thing you do with WeChat they're talking about, which is what he wants it to be, you have to have a digital ID. There's no way around it. So that is who we're talking about. And then, yes, again, that has been confirmed. I could just show you right here, but we'll, come, we'll finish with that, where he admits, yes, that is her. And she is now the CEO. Doesn't mean something couldn't change, but let's go down to this point. Here she is promoting masks to get us back to normal. Now, this is a reasonably benign point because, you know, she, I'll let it play. A lot of people were pushing masks and a lot of people were tricked and manipulated to think they were safe and so on. But when you begin to see the bigger picture, you can see that this person is very clearly on one side of this conversation. Everybody, Linda Yaccarino here, class of 1980. We're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about masking up or packing up. I promise you, we're doing good so far. Just keep your distance, get your hands washed often, get tested often, and wear your mask. That'll get us closer and closer to normal days. Well, first off, and I'll show you the, art, the, the thing next, which very clearly gets into where you know she thinks that things should be censored, misinformation and so on, and the blind trust she wants us to have for corporate media the point is that, well, at this very point, when she put this statement out, I was proving that that was wrong. And I was right because the peer-reviewed science was clear. And, you know, there's a lot more than that. But everything else around it made it very clear. Now we have plenty more science showing that. Still very wrong. And even then, what are they pushing at this time? Cloth masks. Even they have now shifted and said, oops, that was wrong. They were actually hurting you. Now we want a 95. Nope, still not working. Still not statistically significant in reducing transmission. But what it does do is increases the aerosolization of whatever's coming out of your mouth, increases your risk of getting sick, increasing infection, and, you know, hypercapnia, uh, um, hyper, hypercapnia, hypoxia, oral thrush, dental pro. I mean, on and on and on and on. So, Somebody who's going to potentially be in a position to censor people over the idea of misinformation was clearly not even able to discern between the two. We are resilient. We are tough. Keep doing it. And we'll be back at Beaver Stadium before you know it. Right. So just do what you're told, and then we'll let you have things that we have no right to stop you from doing. Mask up or pack up. We're almost there. We are. Now, right, when you think about what, what she's saying is very clear. So mask up or get out. That's the kind of binary thinking that we see everywhere. You know, other than gender, though. Can't, can't look. The only thing we're not allowed to think is very simple. Left, right, Democrat, Republican, mask or leave, but nothing else here. <laughs> it's funny. Always, hypocr always hypocrisy. But the next one is the obvious connection to the World Economic Forum. Oh, actually, I want to play this one next just on that same point. Right, so here she is talking about the need for corporate media to educate the youth on how you should be consuming news. There's two main things in this that I think are very important. One is just simply misinformation and what they deem to be as such and what they'll do about that. But 
the idea that the way you're, quote, supposed to consume information is like they did when they were growing up with their parents. When you just take one, you, you have a newscaster you trust. And this is just pure ignorance. Even then, that was stupid. To think you could just take at face value, could they not be wrong? Yeah, guess what? They were a lot. And we're now looking back and finding that out. But here's what she wants you to do. You think this isn't going to influence her acting, her policies for Twitter? Complicated issue when it comes to fake news is that the younger generation uh, really doesn't experience or consume news with the same filters that uh, what I would call traditional news or older folks, maybe some of us up on this panel, were once raised, whether you had a news reporter, a news presenter, uh, that you trusted. I mean, think about how naive that is. These are supposed to be, the, you know, they, they frame this like we're the childish infants and they're the, they're the adults and they understand and we're just learning. Like the idea that you're blindly trusting anything. Now, whether she's just too blind to see that or this is a narr- an agenda to get us to blindly trust, that's stupid. I mean, I'm sh- I sh- it's ignorant is what it is. I'm not trying to be derogatory here. That is literally counter to actual intelligence or intelligence exchange of information like to just blindly trust is never the answer ever maybe outside of a concept of faith and even i get into the conversation about how you can still question things but end up you know like questioning everything means that but i simply choose to you know you know that i'm a christian i've said that many times the point is that even then any people in in, in, that are christians think that's blasphemous sometimes despite the fact that i still end up in my position of saying i choose to have faith and trust but the point is i still stand back and go could i be wrong yes i could be that's called questioning everything but while considering all possibilities that is not not doing that is an answer is a guaranteed path to subjugation to control through misinformation real misinformation because we've already seen how clearly these corporate media entities are liars whether they know it or not over and over and over, whether COVID or Ukraine or the Great Reset or anything else. I mean, it's childishly stupid the way that they will just parrot things. We literally just pointed something out about East Palestine. So if you were trusting a news entity, well, you would think that was a controlled burn and everything was done safely because that's what every single one of them said. Oops, they just told you that was wrong today. Who was telling you that was the opposite? I was. Independent media was. So in this exact circumstance, If you trusted what one newscaster said, then you would be misled, whether by accident or not. Now, in the same vein, I'm not saying trust me. Don't trust anybody. Question everything while considering all possibilities. That includes corporate media. That includes the last American vagabond. That includes everything because that's just intelligence. But here's what she's telling you. Blindly trust. That... what I would oh, and then she says about the filter, right? Like, so we just don't have a filter. I would argue right now what scares them the most, and maybe she doesn't even know this, but I kind of think she does, that people today, the people that she's insulting essentially, but saying they're just not smart enough to get it, I think that they have more of a filter. Now, not in every case. There's plenty of people out there that will share the most subjective things as fact all day long. But my gut tells me and what I engage with every day is that a lot more people than ever are critical. They don't like that. They frame that as conspiracy theory because you're critical of something that they're not supposed to challenge. But they're critical. That's a, more of a filter. Really think about that. And I think that's important. And, and the average person today is pushing back on these corporate narratives, and that's the big issue. Traditional news or older folks, maybe some of us up on this panel, were once raised, whether you had a news reporter, a news presenter uh, that you trusted 
and that you received your news from, those largely don't exist anymore. So as a company like NBC Universal that has uh, one of the largest news footprints in the world and certainly the largest news footprint in the U.S., you have to constantly be looking at uh, your news organization and your filters for disseminating and really taking that responsibility of leadership very seriously. But how do you educate a younger generation uh, uh, about news literacy? What does news literacy even mean? Like, really think, that is a very Orwellian term. Literacy is simple. Can you read? Can you understand what you're reading? And I'm sure it's more complicated than that, but just to make it simple. So news literacy would simply, by, by the, the words and language, mean if you're able to read and understand the news. Now, they would argue that means that you're somehow, I mean, again, I argue that doesn't even fundamentally make sense. What you're really saying is that you're somehow just not mentally capable of discerning between what they want you to think is the truth and what other people are saying, or as they might frame it, the truth versus misinformers. Okay, but then what about the COVID-19 injection? What about the Ukraine discussion? What about the ghost of Kiev and all these times where they go, liars, fake news, misinformation, and then the story changes? Oops, (laughs) I guess they just got that wrong, huh? Well, again, even if it was just an accident, it's still stupid to trust to blindly trust and just go fake versus true. It's, go, it's about discernment. It's about intelligence, true intelligence, being able to discuss and entertain an idea without accepting it blindly. They're terrified of that. Now, again, this is my point about you cannot hold an opinion like this, in my opinion, and, and be regarded as someone honest and serious. You are a manipulator or you're too dumb to know that you're being manipulated. That's how I look at it. It's not, there's probably plenty of other options you could include, but to make it simple, I just don't think you could have this kind of a stance and be taken seriously. It's more likely that you are doing this for a reason. Now, you, you tell me what you think. I do a lot of talks about to, to younger folks, be careful what you share. Where are you getting it from, right? So- ah, so now we're undermining facts because the source, right? And that matters. Obviously, the source matters. You should consider that. Have they lied before? Right? But if, it's a, if it's, a, it's a piece of information that you can verify for yourself, does it really matter where it comes from? The answer is no. They love, this is, this is the kind of argument they make about, you know, WikiLeaks, for example. Oh, don't share that information, even though we know it's true, because Russia wants you to. It's just, it's bottom of the barrel, lowest common denominator, like real ignorant stuff. Yeah, maybe Russia does want them, want them to because, yeah, that makes them look real bad, and that does probably benefit Russia. But how about the truth matters more than anything? Not to these people. You see the point inherent in that? The truth matters less to them than beating Russia, which means they lie to you all the time. So I think that, uh, you know, there's, two, two, there's a big spectrum to fake news. It's, it's what are you uh, disseminating? What are you sending out? What's catching on with consumers? Because you'll receive a video and you're there today sitting, is this real or not? What organization did this get published from? But the younger generation does not differentiate. You see, I would argue that's because they're smarter than you. Not all of them. Again, there's plenty of people that are wildly subjective and they're worse than anybody, but they have a right to do that. But my point is that people who are willing to look at it broadly, Look at the information. This is why I tell people watching the show, I still watch the corporate media as much as I still waffle on that, where I'm like, maybe we should just ignore it entirely. That's kind of where I'm getting to. But I do, because I'd like to know what they're lying about. I'd like to know what the information is or what they're trying to influence people for. And then I can, it helps the information. 
right? So when individuals out there are looking at things with no filter and just going, where's the information? And, and, you know, first looking at the data, where's the source material? Where's it coming from? Where, who's stating this? And then confirming that for themselves. Does it matter then if it came from some random blog online? To them it does, you see, but not to the truth. There's false, there's, there are, there's truth, and there's things that are not true. It's as simple as that. There's no middle ground here, guys. You have the facts and you don't. The whole thing about my truth, that was the, one of the earliest discussions. Remember I just mentioned the Newt Gingrich discussion where he was literally one of the earliest people saying that on, on, T, on one of his interviews? Well, you trust the facts. I'm going to go with what the people think. <laughs> he literally said that. That's where we are today. They know that. They're leaning into your biases because it's easy to keep you divided. Look, keep it. They're used to seeing, you know, so someone's, you know, phone cam on site somewhere telling them what's going on and they take that as real and news. Think about what she just said. So you're telling me that a live camera view of what's happening isn't the real thing? Why? Because you don't have the context they want you to see it with? How about that's better than context-driven thing? How about you just get to decide for yourself what you're looking at? They can't stand that. Now, yes, can that lead to misrepresenting the situation, both accidentally and intentionally? Sure. So do so is what they do, and it's damn near always intentional. Either way, the point is real live and real world information is always better. As long as you're smart enough, and even if you're not, the point is as long as you're smart enough to look at that and try to find more information, try to look at it as a broad sense, have discernment, which is what they're actively trying to train people away from, then you can realize that. You can look at this and go, well, maybe there's more to the picture. You know, like that classic meme that shows the camera only catching like the one arm with the knife and the one guy. And when you pan back out, the entire picture changes. That's how they play this game. Now, yes, you could get you can get mis kind of interpreted information like that. If we were training children, you know, going through school to be discerning and look at these things and go, okay, now look for something else too and confirm this and research, they just don't do that. They want you to train like her. Trust. Blindly trust authority. That's what they want. Which, by the way, historically almost always leads you in the wrong direction. So real news and, and education and telling them what's going on and they take that as real and news. So real news and, and education and discipline is very, very important. Not to mention in the spectrum is, you know, all the social and technology platforms experiencing a coming of age and their responsibility about disseminating or being a platform for disseminating news. I think mm -hmm. the you know, the, the, the crux of the point is, guys, that people like us, we are, we are the worst possible thing alive to them. Not because we're challenging narratives, but because we are giving you a full, a, an insight to things that they don't want. They, ultimately, they don't want you thinking, guys. They want you following. That's the crux of the point. They want you following along with what they're telling you is what you're supposed to think. And sadly, a lot of people do that. People will tell themselves, oh, well, this is what smart people think. So that's what I'm going to think. Well, that's pretty stupid. That makes you a follower. At the end of the day, you need to think for yourself and decide what you think the facts add up to. Most importantly, when that challenge is what you're being told to think. Now, as somebody was saying in the chat, yeah, there was a recent, uh, uh, not recent, recent, but not too bad. This is not that old an interview with, with Musk and her. And it's interesting what they discussed. Now, of course, this being pointed at as Musk pushing back about free speech. But guys, we got to realize, I'm not saying I know for sure. Maybe he thinks that. But if he does think that, then why are people still being censored on Twitter? I'm not talking about weird, smaller things. I'm talking about big channels that have been censored. I'm talking about entire channels that have never got their panels back, like doctors who spoke out truth from the very beginning. 
We just, it's, it's just sad. A lot of these same people I'm going to get into next that are kind of trying to pretend like maybe he's doing the right thing and we don't know are just desperate not to be wrong. And a lot of them are now editing their, their past Twitter, their, their past tweets over the last two years, going back and deleting old things that made, because they're trying to hide or afraid to admit that they could be wrong, which just shows you that it's never been about truth. There's far too many people that just follow his tweets and always chime in and always go, yeah, Elon, you're the best, and just try to glom on to this. And I can almost, like you can see that it's benefiting them. Gigantic explosion. And all they really do is tweet nonsensical things half the time that aren't true. But a lot of them are doing that. The point is, if he says he's fighting for free speech, they're words. And it matters. But actions matter more. And what he's doing on, on Twitter right now, or the fact that he's openly said free reach or freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach, which means censorship and not free speech. Or that he's openly censoring hate speech, which does not a real thing. It's just unfavorable words that you then censor because they think they're not. That's ridiculous, guys. If you're censoring hate speech or this illusory point, then you don't care about free speech. That's why I'm wearing free speech absolutist shirt today. Which, by the way, I was going to say earlier, shout out to Blue Frog who made these for us for the fundraiser. I actually, I'm going to reach out to them soon. If you're listening out there, reach out to me. I want to, I want to bring these back for a limited time. I really love these shirts, and I think it was we only you know we sold so many of them during the the fundraiser, but I got I've had a lot of people reach out about them. You know, on the back it says I support last American vagabond. On the front it says free speech absolutist. I'm going to probably bring these back and let you guys get an opportunity to, to buy a couple if you want. So I think it's important. But let's listen to what he says here. As Liberty Lockdown points out, this is a woke struggle session. Very, very, very bad news that Elon would experience this and then hire this person. That's one of the big points to think about. I'm going to show that tweet next. I've kind of reorganized them here since the the chat is that ultimately you can't speak out about the World Economic Forum or this person or woke politics or any of the stuff we're talking about and then turn around and hire this person. Now, again, it's all certainly possible that she's a, you know, got to, you know, what the, what the thing they always said about Trump, you know, get, you gotta, you're not, you got to change it from the inside. Oh, sure. Lie to yourself all day long. How'd that work out with Trump? Right. But people will do that because they don't want to see it. But we have to see that it's a pretty crazy thing to do. Knowing that people are going to push back, half the people are mad at him right now, which just kind of shows you that it's that simple. This is all. This was what was going to happen. I mean, I, unless you have some evidence to suggest that there was some kind of a threat, it's always possible, or he's being you know influenced by something, or it's just what was always going to happen. Now, here's where he acts like he cares about free speech, but then his actions say otherwise. Massive platform. You have a vision. Yeah. That is a spectrum of just daily open source conversation and and they can conduct their lives, their business, their commerce, whatever they can do on your platform. That's a pretty big vision. But but in the middle should be um, advertising opportunity. That sounds like a great opportunity. I can talk about my brand, mm-hmm. I can get my customers to communicate, and then they could also buy stuff. It sounds yes. pretty good, right? You'll be able to buy things just directly on Twitter. One click, boom, done. But they need to feel that there is a, an opportunity for them to influence what you're building, that vision. What we're doing here, whether it's me trying to push and prod you uh, on your tweets. Um, for example, you've said uh, you probably shouldn't tweet after 3 a.m. Well... I've got Probably good into, advice for all of us. I've gotten myself into trouble a few times. Um, I'm, I'm very aware of those. Um, so after 3 a.m., 
You travel all over the world. Lord knows how. And, but I'm sure you can already sense, and there's one more point coming up, that this, you know, inherently patronizing. What she's doing the entire time, she has this air of just obvious patronizing, like, or, you know, of, of undermining or acting like he's just this, like, like he's some kind of young kid running this. It's just kind of, it's very on the surface to me. How you handle time zones in space. Will you commit to be a little more uh, specific and not tweet after 3 a.m.? People in this room would, would like to see that. What do you mean a little more specific? Like, you must see what that means. He's bare, it's not like he's being broad in what he says. She wants, when she says specific, that's basically just don't say these certain things. <laughs> that's what she means. Um, we'll make him feel more I will, confident. I will aspire to, to tweet to less after 3 a.m. But, I mean, it, it is important that, you know, I mean, if I were to say, yes, you can influence me, that would be wrong. That would be very wrong. Because me, that would be a diminishment of freedom of speech. But I want to. Okay, okay. That sounds all. That sounds fantastic, doesn't it? But what about the other people right now that you've already censored, or that Twitter has censored long past this whole idea that they were transitioning? That's still happening. I just showed you three different examples of people that were censored for ba- saying very basic things about the trans conversation, like simply just basically outlining that a man is a woman and so on. That's actually just got censored. They, I, I just showed you on the show. Now, how do you make sense of that? Or the fact that the ADL. And Greenblatt has been very clear about what is supposed to happen. Look, I mean, there's a tweet I'll show you in a minute where he's literally the one that says, Twitter, you can have freedom of, of speech, but not freedom of reach. And, and then guess what happened right after that? If you think it's okay that he's working with the ADL to continue to censor what they call hate speech, I don't understand where you're coming from. It's exactly what was happening before in a little bit of a different slant. It's all, I think, leading to a very clear direction. And of course, he cares about himself being censored, obviously. Does he care about you being censored or is that, you know, you get the point. Be specific about influencing. It's more of an open feedback loop for the advertising experts in this room to help develop Twitter into a place where they will be excited about investing more money, product development. Right. So, of course, the the advertisers, which I think is a diminishing necessity at this point as it gets more into the, you know, controlling, selling and collecting of your data, which is what it's all about, that what she's really saying is that, you know, you, you, you need to do what you ever need to do to make sure that they're happy, which is what happened on YouTube, which is probably what's going to happen soon on Rumble and everything else where and which, I, by the way, is already happening on Rumble, which I've shown you that the advertisers have the ability to influence who gets monetized on Rumble, which is just where it start exactly where it started on YouTube. And when that happened on YouTube, remember what they said? Oh, that's not true. That's never going to happen. That's fake news. And then it took a long time for people to finally realize that it very was, clearly was happening. Censorship, shadow banning, suppression, throttling. Yes. Ad safety. Sure. Content moderation. That's what the influence is. Yeah, content moderation. That's, what, that's the point. That, that is what that is, censorship. That's what that means. Yeah, I think um, it's totally cool to say that you want to have your advertising appear in certain places in Twitter and not in other places. But it is not cool to, to, to try to say what Twitter will do. And if that means losing advertising dollars, we lose it. But freedom of speech is paramount. Right. And, and you know what? That sounds great. And I hope he means it. Right? But you can't say that and then watch what happened on Twitter and act like he means it. If that was true, then he wouldn't be censoring people. Then Alex Jones would have his account back. Then Ye would have his account back. That's not what happened. I mean, let's not forget how stupid that all was. 
You know, you realize there are people right now saying far more derogatory and crazy things right now that are totally not that are affected. But Ye comes out and says, love everybody and very clearly gets him trapped using an image that he mistook for something that it wasn't like that felt almost planned. The point is that past that point, nothing has changed. Frustrating. So Twitter 1.0 had a uh, very well-populated, much-loved influence council. I know I don't, uh, I, I think we need to change the name. Yeah, much-loved. Of course, everybody hated that other than people that wanted censorship, right? That's what they're talking about, influence council. We got to change the name because that gives them too much of an impression of exactly what we want to do, influence perception, it's just so stupid. The, the main point everyone's making is how can you know this? How can she say this directly to your face? Content moderation, influence counsel, the idea that he should tweet less. And say, I mean, even if you think he pushed back, the point is she's still telling him what she wants to do. And here we are. Now he's hot. Now she, she's hired. Of course, all the people that want to blindly think Elon would never do that are going to be the same people that will always continue to act like something. There must be a reason. Well, what is it? I don't know, but it must, there must be something. Well, that's just dumb. Elon does not want to be influenced, but it was okay, really... that, that was my point right there. That's patronizing. That he's that is acting like he's a young little young child that doesn't really understand. Influence council. I know. I don't. Uh, I I think we need to change the name. Elon does not want to be influenced. But it... how else do you take that? I mean, you could even hear him scoff at that. That that's insulting. We got to change the name because Elon doesn't want to be influenced, guys. Okay. Look, just look at the face right there. This is who we're dealing with. A Twitter Karen. Perfect. It was Uh-oh. really a recurring feedback loop from your key stakeholders, your advertisers, where they had recurring access or would have recurring access to you. Would you commit from this stage today to reinstate that council to be named later? Well, I don't think it should be influence council. That. And you have to say, I, I would be wary of that creating a backlash among the public because if the public thinks that, that you know, their, their views are being determined by you know, a, a, a small number of CMOs in America, they will be like, I think, upset about that. Right. So it's not that it's bad because censorship. It's bad because you won't like it, which, you know, you could act like that matters more. But if this was about principles, it would be no, because that's not free speech. But no, you know, we can't do that because you, they'll push back on it. Right. That's just business. Um, but feedback, I think, is appropriate. So, you- well, very frustrating. Now, here is her. Oh, actually, let's finish this in general. So one of the main points that was happening is there's clearly been an effort to kind of whitewash some of these connections online. And we'll show you the ones that we have, you know, the way back machine and so on of the connections here that are you know not hard to see. The obvious reality of the World Economic Forum connections. One that I actually don't see people really talking about that I think far, is far more concerning to me, really, is the, eight, the she worked for the health and, for health and Human Services, for HHS. You know, the location literally was the impetus for the declaration of emergency that we are still living through, even though it's been ended. That's, she was involved with that, May 2018 to 2021. She was literally involved with the health and human services when people like Robert Cadillac were there. These are people that began this entire illusion, and she was literally working there. I find that to be a little bit more concerning, at least in, in immediate. 
Obviously, the World Economic Forum is the long-term concerning. But here she is pushing a wild, the wildly dangerous COVID injection that peer-reviewed science has revealed to be a net harm, and Pfizer's own Phase 3 data says that it's far more dangerous than the placebo. It's not hard to see. You can easily look it up. But apparently, trust the science has become trust the narrative and ignore any science that challenges the narrative. Here she is. Know the facts. The Ad Council is working to inform Americans on why we must embrace the FDA-approved COVID injection. You know, the one that's never been given out, because she knows that, apparently, and how to, how to go about it. We're almost there. Cross the finish line. You know, two weeks to flatten the curve. How crazy. Well, here is the ad council and a video that you might be interested to see. Now the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Jeez. 2021. That's 2021. At a time when we had more than enough information to show that this was deadly. And of course, the point is she's saying, know the facts, and then giving you a bunch of misinformation. Great. Well, here she is. This is a post on her LinkedIn page entitled Trust, Technology and Transformation. My time at the World Economic Forum. Here's this video, by the way, if you want to watch it. Well, here is what this post says. You might find this very interesting. Just one quick point that I think stands out to me or actually a couple of them. I forgot I highlighted more. This is from 2019. Interesting. Just before this all kicks off. Right. While she's working at the health at Health and Human Services, it says. And she, she went to Davos and, you know, was at the World Economic Forum and influencer and the whole thing. Well, she says, with each new talk or conversation last week, it became increasingly clear. This is her opinion. Transformation is happening whether we like it or not. Well, yeah, that's exactly what Klaus Schwab says. But guess what? You have a choice. They don't get to decide for you. They want to pretend, oh, it's the world. It's the world that's changing. Well, maybe, maybe. But I think historically we find that they push that narrative, like with the rising sea levels and the rise, climate warming, and then back in the, where they push these things on you and they give you a date and then something passes and it turns out, oh, wait, we were wrong. It's actually 2040 or 2050. Well, yeah, it's, what, it's happening whether we like it or not because that's what they're doing. As Klaus says, we, the, if the future's not being created or being, uh, what do you say? The future is not just being happening. It's being created by us. Exactly. And you can see some of the other things they talk about here. Uh, trust matters, of course. Obviously, only you know the, the illusion of it. But in a 5G world, consumers went big. It's all about 5G and that little point. Diversity is the right thing to do, she says, and it's good for business. Not, No, exactly the opposite, in fact. Now, I'm not saying you should go out of your way not to be diverse, but it should be about... What's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say integrity, but the, the, about who's better at the job, right? Do you have more credentials? Do you have more background? Are you right for the position? Not the lesser, the person who has less background because they have a certain skin color. That's just simple racism. Just the idea of trying to make up some historical slight, it just doesn't make sense in the concept of arguing it's good for business. In fact, it does the, right now we've seen that historically. 
But diversity is not the right thing to do. It's the wrong thing to do to ignore it entirely. That's what I would say. But of course, to them, it trumps literally everything. And that's why you end up with mindless automatons like KJP who can barely read or tie her own shoes. But of course, they're going to make that out to be about, I'm saying it about a black person. No, I'm just saying it about anybody that's that stupid, period, because she's bad at her job. But of course, when they hire her just because she's black and a lesbian, that's what ends up happening. I bet you there is a hundred thousand people in this country that are better at that job, but they got skipped over because of a racist tactic. We're in this together, she says. Exactly. That's the whole idea. They keep pushing this on you. That, I mean, that's sort of like, ah, it doesn't matter. A lot of politicians use that concept. And this is just about a collectivism idea that we have to consider everything we do that affects our neighbor and so on. Well, you can be kind enough to consider that. You don't have to consider that. But they want you to tell, they want you to think that you absolutely, it's not your choice anymore. And, I, and that's the passage I pointed out. You know, you own nothing and be happy conversation. Transformation is happening whether you like it or not. Then, <clears throat> of course, it brings to mind this video. I'll play this at the end again. The one I just recently made, pl- the plan from COVID-19 to technocracy. And then, of course, Zero Hedge reports it's official that she is the CEO. And, of course, I just had, couldn't help myself. This little meme that says, or the gif, you know, somehow I told you so, just doesn't quite say it. And then, again, just the him tweeting this out himself. I'm excited to welcome Linda Yaccarino as the new CEO of Twitter. Half the people were saying this was fake news up until he said this which just shows you how quickly they're willing to argue something they have no idea about because it just is something they want to say, right? Like they think this or they want to bolster their opinion. So they come out and say, that can't be true. He would never do that. Yep, just did. And then suddenly it's like, well, there must be a reason. Well, wait a minute. You just said he would never do that. So now that we're skipping past that point, now there must be a reason. How about we stop assuming? How about that? So here, as he writes this, the new, tw- the new CEO before he announced it. Truth Justice says, well, Elon Musk, whoever you choose to put in the CEO of Twitter will clearly demonstrate if you are on our, the side of humanity or the side of true free speech. So choose wisely because a bad choice will have detrimental effects on humanity. I guess he didn't listen. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> Michael G. points something interesting out. How convenient that she'll start in six weeks. Guess what else starts in six weeks? The World Economic Forum Digital Currency. I guess that could just be a coincidence or maybe not. Maybe the CBDC rollout will happen on Twitter and there'll be more to this. Well, you'll have to wait and see. Interesting overlap. As soon as she is ready, he'll do a spaces where you can ask her anything. Now, why do we pretend that her answers will be anything honest? Could be. There's no reason to assume she's lying. But isn't it possible that she can come out and be like, free speech and no censorship and oh, blah, 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 just like Elon did, except the opposite happened. When are we going to begin to realize that? Here, oops, oops, wrong one. Oh, that was right. Okay. This next one. This is interesting, and this is where we get into the partisan perception of all of this. The new Twitter CEO, either far left woke globalist or far right anti-LGBTQ MAGA. Like this, this really perfectly highlights how the two-party paradigm has completely broken people. And the idea that it's just subjective grasping at this point from all sides, just like happened with the Twitter files and all the rest of it, which, again, I still argue is based on true things. But it was it was about training us to engage with information very differently. And now we have stuff like this happening where people this woman comes out and it's just whatever fits the narrative for this current side. Like I said earlier, it's obvious this woman is a left leaning, you know, 
I, you know, who knows? You could say globalist just because you would want to frame anybody WEF associate as globalist, but I would argue that's probably not far off. But ultimately, that she's very aligned with the same mindset. Pro censorship, as long as it challenges what they say is the truth, which is simply pro censorship. That's all that means. You're working alongside the World Economic Forum with NBC. All these things show you a very clear alignment to certain politics. Now, that's not to say we know for sure that that's the case. That's objective. But that's just where I would see it and place her based on what she's already said, which is all we have to go on. But then it's interesting to see people call her far right because now she's on Twitter and Musk. Like that's a stoop. That's as dumb as calling people like Matt Taibbi a right wing conspiracy theorist just because the, the one connection. Like it's just ridiculous. That's like calling somebody a Russian spy simply because they say a certain thing. Certainly could be. But you're a pretty dumb person for just jumping to that conclusion and claiming that publicly without anything but the fact that they said a certain thing. Is it not possible they just happened to come to a similar conclusion? Of course not. Like, that's how childish this all is. And we're talking not kindergartners here. We're talking high-level personalities in corporate media and politics who are coming out and acting like a three-year-old, which, by the way, is very common. Well, here is what a lot of these people are saying. Now, here's what Cat Turd said. Now, I'll be on this on. This person in general has been back and forth. They haven't been blindly supportive of Elon, but I have seen things that frustrate me. But he's also come out and said, you know, this doesn't line up. So that that is credit worth due. But he says the woke mind virus is a threat to the world. Elon Musk says this. Now, actually, let's do this first. Here are just a compilation. And these are true. I looked at them up. You can search his platform, his account. Here are some of the World Economic Forum tweets that he shared. The WEF is increasingly becoming an unelected world government that the people never asked for or don't want. I was invited to WEF, but declined. Master the future doesn't sound ominous at all. How is WEF Davos even a thing? Are they trying to be the boss of the earth? Would be great if someone could compile a game contest of who said the craziest stuff between 4chan and WEF. My money's on the ladder. Okay, so the rightful point people are making is how do you say those things and then hire this person who is an executive chair of WEF? Right. I mean, so it's, it's as stupid as Tulsi Gabbard uh, calling out what Clinton was the entire time and then supporting her or Bernie Sanders calling out the same thing and then supporting her. It shows you that it's all a bunch of narrative or they don't really care about what they say. So back to what he says, Elon was basically saying that he's parap- you know, generally paraphrasing woke mind virus is a threat to the world. Or maybe he said exactly that. I don't know. But generally what he's pointing at. Right. Also, Elon Musk, I just hired a far left loon deeply infected with the woke mind virus to run Twitter. Twitter 2.0 was fun while it lasted. Get ready for it to suck again. Now, here's my point. Did it ever really change, or was it all just a bunch of partisan perception screaming? Right? Both sides did it. The moment that happened, and remember I made this point in the beginning. Before Elon even took over, people like James Woods were coming out and going, everything's different now. Well, they were wrong because it had nothing had happened, and Elon came out a week later and said, guys, I haven't even done anything yet. Okay? So these people not specifically catcher here, but just people in this community were some of them were very clear to just come out and say it because either it was advantageous for their position. Maybe they actually thought it was the case. Either way, the point is they didn't know that, but they claimed it anyway. That two party P- BS for you. But my point is, was it better or good while it lasted or was it never really different? And there's a lot of people out now saying what happened now it's going to change. Well, again, did it ever actually change? Was it ever really better or was it just different? Were a few bones thrown to very large creators and then suddenly those people towed the line? I don't know. You know, I didn't. 
Max Berger then says, Yenda Yaccarino is a former Trump administration appointee who follows insurrectionist Lynn Woods and Sidney Powell on Twitter. Yeah, because it's not possible that you could follow someone that you don't support. Right, buddy? I follow all sorts of people in government. I, don't ha- I hate all of them. But I guess this guy just can't piece that together. Or maybe he's right. Maybe she is. Who knows? But it's assumption, isn't it? She's like pro-insurrectionist tweets. She's a right-wing conspiracy theory believer and MAGA supporter. She shares Musk's far-right politics. You see how this works? Well, can't be both, can it? So that's pretty dumb, right? So they just see what they want to see. Michael Edison Hayden says, when the incoming CEO of Twitter follows Bumble, Jack Posobiec, libs of TikTok, and Malaysian woke mind virus survivor Ian Miles Chong, it's time to start investing your attitude in a new platform if you haven't already. So it's funny that nothing has technically happened yet other than her being hired, and these people are acting like everything has changed. Again, maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but the point is it doesn't matter. It's only about perception for these people. Were you support? I thought Elon was going to do everything and save the world. Now suddenly you don't care because, you know, you see my point? It's just kind of stupid. And I think most people are seeing through the two-party paradigm because of stuff like this. Here is Natural Immunity, FTW, saying literally, she literally spent 2020 to 2022 shilling the COVID back. She made a huge campaign about it. You think she's not going to censor medical misinformation? I agree with her. I think she is going to. She proudly flaunts her chair position at the WEF. Really think she won't find ways to promote her global's agenda? Now, I would argue WEF clearly does have a global agenda, and most likely she supports that because she's part of it. But, you know, who knows what her inner working opinions are. My point, though, is not to call – who knows which one's right or wrong? Maybe all of them are wrong. The point is that you see these people, most of them in this little circle here, who have been one way or the other, either wildly anti-everything Musk and Twitter since he took over or wildly pro-everything Musk and Twitter since he took over without any real understanding or seeking what's the middle nuanced – under the real picture, as I would as I would see it anyway. Now here's Ashley Ashley St. Clair. Wow, very cool, Donald Trump. Everyone should calm down. Linda Yaccarino is going to do a great job as Twitter CEO. And it's not real. Not just because the community post, which by the way, it's funny how people love this now because they think it's only against left wing. It's not. There's plenty of dumb community notes that are challenging basic facts about the dangers of the injections. We don't like to talk about that though because it challenges what we like to pretend is happening. But ultimately, I hate this because this is just more manipulation because half the time it's wrong. And that's just my opinion, isn't it? Right? Because that's why it shouldn't be there at all. People are grownups. Let them decide for themselves. Can't have that. Because we don't, the, the underlying point of all of this when it comes to misinformation and censorship is that you're not smart enough. You don't have the tools to be able to understand what's true or not. So we need to do it for you. Whether they say that or not, that is exactly what this is really about. She just said that. This new generation doesn't have the filter. They don't understand. They don't know how to trust one person. They just don't know how. <laughs> oh, they're smarter than you then. Got it. The point is, this isn't real. And yet, nonetheless, this person with 600,000 plus followers is defending it. What do you mean? It's, and uh, you could argue she's kind of trying to pretend like she was mad. The point is this went out and said, seemed to be very real. And yet what happens on these larger influencer accounts is a lot of times they do this and get it wrong. And then they kind of just in the t- comments kind of act like they're promoting it still and make it look like they were just trying to play a, a troll or something or try to pretend or troll people. I don't believe that. I think she thought it was real and posted it. That'd be my opinion. But who ultimately knows? The point nonetheless is a lot of people thought it was real. That's how this works. And the point is, free speech-wise, she has a right to say that. She can lie. She can knowingly lie. She can accidentally lie. And all those are possible. The point is that you have a right to do your own research or not, and then you have a right to be ignorant about it if you didn't even care to look. That's called free speech 
and freedom in general. Elon Musk again points out that we're excited to let her bring her on the team. Here's where Kat Turd chimes in and says that, the contradictory. Valerie chimes in and says the left is celebrating Elon's decision, as they should. I listened to one of her social justice speeches. Kat Turd needs to tell MAGA to pull the plug and everyone go to truth only. So think about this. It's crazy to me that they have been, I mean, I, I can't speak for Valerie specifically, but people on the right have been just blindly supportive of everything on Elon Musk's Twitter. Despite the censorship, despite the kind of, you know, even even Ketterd called some things out before saying, wait a minute, that doesn't line up. Why is this still happening? But my point is that brought, by and large, they did it. But then this happens and they're just dropping and running, which I almost can't disagree with. But why this one did send what the censorship of doctors wasn't enough for you? I just it's I don't understand the way people are perceiving this. I mean, I do. I mean, I, I don't understand why now why they wouldn't act before, but they're acting now. Now, he says, again, that you can talk to her in spaces where Dr. Simon Godek says, well, her track record doesn't look that promising. I've been watching her videos for two hours, and she's been pro-censorship, pro-WEF, pro-mask, pro-experimental gene therapies, and pro-lockdowns. I don't care what she's saying now. She's already said enough, and that is what we need to think about. As the, cl- the classic saying goes, when people tell you who they are, listen. You don't just change these things, and if you change your opinion, then you damn well better stand up and be like, here's why I was wrong, but I guarantee that won't happen. It's my opinion. Well, here's an interesting example of what I was saying before. Here's James Woods, and I don't know why he's decided to delete a lot of these. Oh, well, it was fun while it lasted. Wonder how they got to him. Right, so the assumption is going to be that he is still the person we believe in, but somehow they tricked him. That's just naive. Or willful, because you want to continue the, the, goal, the, you know, the boon or whatever's been happening, because now everything Twitter's good for us now, and we want to continue to be like, Elon, we support you, and I don't know. But to post that is kind of crazy to me. The, so we're just going to assume that he was, that's what a lot of people are doing. They must have threatened his family because that's just a choice to not see what's happening right in front of you. Occam's razor. That's me. It's the, always, but all things considered equal, the simplest explanation tends to be the right one. Not always the case, but it's pretty clear right now to me that this is most likely based on everything we know. The only thing challenging that this is exactly what we expected is just narrative. Censorship continued. Hate speech kept being censored, working with the ADL, all the different things we talked about, and now this. But the point was, Elon did respond to this, saying when Jason said, or Jackson said, we're all going to get banned again, he responded saying that will not be the case. And of course, down here, people were saying, no, he didn't mean that. He meant it about this. I hope I'm wrong. You know, just quibbling about it. And this is the deleted tweet, people just showing her in her little pink hat that we've seen, that, you know, clearly a political side with that. There's not no misunderstanding that. <clears throat> oh, and this was that point where he's saying he replied to the comment about getting banned, I believe, not about getting in bed with the WEF. I think it's the other way around. And here's what he says, Elon infecting and then disbanding the WEF. Come on, guys. I mean, anything's possible. But, you know, this is the kind of QAnon level stuff where you guess into whatever makes this okay and then just state that. Oh, so now apparently he's going to hire somebody from the WEF and that's somehow going to give him access to infect and disband the World Economic Forum? Guys, he's part of what's happening. Like, this is willful ignorance to me. I can't, and I don't think anybody knows for sure. That's how I see this. And this person says, I have to agree. My instinct says he's good. And I have no loyalty to anyone. Well, clearly you do. I've, I've read all the bad stuff and understand an argument can definitely be made against him. But the Twitter files and highlighting issues, optics are important. Come on. 
here's one of the most obvious brown noses of the entire thing. This, I mean, everything tw- Elon does everywhere, this guy's right underneath it commenting. And, of course, it's played off with his 991,000 followers. Look at this account and ask yourself how it's possible that this meaningless saying nothing content can get that much well. Well, yeah, I think you know why. But he says, should someone who is part of the WEF really be running Twitter? <laughs> like Elon's going to be like, hmm, you know what? You've changed my mind. <laughs> this is stupid. And then Dr. Anastasia follows up, our enemy? Absolutely not. If this is true, Elon is not on our side. Welcome to the team of awareness, right? I mean, come on, guys. We need to see that this is clear, and it always has been. But now, hopefully, that'll be even more clear unless he comes out and goes, here's the explanation. And I'll go, okay, I'll take that. And now High Impact Flix points something out and check it. He, I guess he'll be coming out with a video soon, so look at, look out for his channel. But he's asking, you know, who Elon is working for. <clears throat> and this was the point we were making earlier. We've shown you this already. This was not secret. It's amazing that people fighting for free speech who were moments ago screaming about specifically groups like the ADL influencing the censorship of what they called hate speech. And then Elon takes over and proudly says he's working with ADL to censor hate speech. And they just apparently were like, yay. Because freedom of reach. You see how the, it's, just, it's just like the trans and Second Amendment group. We are watching how flimsy people's stances are that are stuck in the two-party paradigm. That you're going to scream, absolute, and then the moment something turns, oh, well, not for them, though. Right? Oh, this is, it's, it's like, it's this point that I've made forever. It's the idea that Guantanamo was the worst thing ever, and then Trump got elected, and it was a sign of freedom. I mean, that just, it's insulting. But here is Jonathan Greenblatt from the ADL saying, this isn't hard. Freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of reach. It does, though. Easy to look up. Check out my interview with Sam Husseini. It's, it is, in fact, historically one part of the larger conversation, and necessi- it's necessary. It's absolute. And he tags Twitter and says, and of the platforms can choose to publish conspiracies, but they should not promote them. They can opt to allow hate speech, but they shouldn't amplify it. It's a matter of common sense, not censorship. And then that's what he did. Well, this person follows up with something I thought was very interesting before we go into a couple more points. If you're really concerned or wondering, and look, I'm not going to say this proves anything, but it's weird. And I wonder why the people out there that are quick to assume about, you know, what the theorize is happening, which I think we all should be doing, as long as you don't go forward with an assumption and state it as fact. But theorizing is very necessary to seek truth. But too many people today will put forward their theories as fact and not really differentiate or force people away from what they think is the truth because they got the, you know, blah, blah, blah. My point, though, is that this is important, but it could just be that maybe she gave it to him. He didn't know. I don't buy that, though. My point is all the people out there that are willing to assume about all sorts of things will see this and dismiss it because we support Elon when normally or if this was, let's say, Hillary Clinton wearing this. Oh, my God, it would be the most important thing ever. Choices. Here's what it says underneath the same thing, announcing the CEO, the Twitter for CEO, or excuse me, the CEO for Twitter. Alexander points out, um, what the F? I just noticed this from 2018. Okay, and it's an image with some writing that's hard to read. And fellow traveler goes, oh, this is what it is, and it stands for the New World Order. Okay, so my first thought is, that's probably Photoshopped, if that's what it says at all. Not because I don't think that's possible, just because there's so much like this online today that you can very quickly do a reverse image search and go, oh, yeah, it's wrong. But it's not, apparently. 
Apparently, that's exactly what it says. And I just think I don't understand why that wouldn't be concerning to a lot of people who are arguing that he's not part of the obvious and open direction for a a new world order. And in fact, they've literally used that term as much as people push back as conspiracy theory. You can show people like uh, who was it recently? I I think it was actually uh, King uh, Edward or. God, forget the, name. the one that just became king. And then and then on top of that, we've seen people in the U.S. government say this. I think even Biden has said that phrase recently. We have examples in the past very clearly. But you have people literally using that terminology on the media. Now, that's not to say that necessarily has to mean something to you. But realize that it does mean something historically, politically, coming from Reagan and forward. The idea of creating a new world order that was kind of post-World War II. Now we're getting into another example of that. This is the biosecurity state. Now, whether or not you think that means anything, the point is they are openly telling us the Great Reset. We need to reimagine everything, build back better. What else do you call that but a new world order when they're talking about the idea of globalism or private-public public public private partnerships or multipolar and all these things they're putting forward? Okay, so here's Vanity Fair from 2020. Here's the image where you can see, and this is what they wrote. Oh, you got to be kidding me. That is so strange. The, the reason I'm saying this apparently just locked up. Now it's you have to click here to sign up for more. Hold on a second. Oh, oh okay, okay. Sorry, it was on. So this one is, I forgot I opened up a second one. I it, This is on the page six style, which is just other corporate media. But let's do this real quick. See if it says it in this one. This one was just to show you that the shirt was, this is exactly what it looks like on Vanity Fair. And here on page six, Grimes, and the Grimes is the person he was with, spills secret secrets behind her and Elon Musk's Meta Gala outfits. So this is where she spoke on, on the record about what they were wearing. Here's what it says. Musk, on the other hand, had the opposite problem. His jacket was so white, the text on the back Novus Orda Seclorum, which roughly translates to New World Order, virtually disappeared. So that, again, it doesn't have to mean everything or anything to some people, but to certain people, that's going to be very disconcerting. He knows what that means or how at least people perceive that. So why would he wear that? Maybe just to troll people. Certainly like that certainly sounds like him. But I just find that very interesting. Now, here is just what that term means. Latin motto for reverse side of the great seal of the United States. Right. And maybe you think it's because he believes that that's the United States or that there is really something to this. And ultimately, just as it says down here, it's just uh, it could stand for a few different things. This one, I guess, exactly translated new order of the ages. But it's it's generally translated as new world order. And this is what we see that people have discussed it as. And, yeah, it is something that is on currency. Am I wrong in thinking that's just strange, especially when we're discussing like the point for point overlap with the Great Reset, which is the New World Order conversation that he's involved with? Sometimes you just wonder that they really are just kind of flaunting things in front of you. Now, here's Dr. Sheba, who's been pointing this out from the very beginning. And you know what? There's been a lot that he, there's a lot like he's pointed out from early on that the back door. And this is even before this whole transition to the FBI never went away. Of course, all, all the fa- Elon fanboys out there attacked him because they didn't want to believe it. It's true. And now we're seeing even more examples of why it's just exactly what we thought. The point is that the FBI backdoor to Twitter was n- 
continually there. He proved it, and it's still happening. So Elon's lying to you. But he says he was always with them. Where government begins and Elon ends, nobody knows, as I've been saying from day one. And that's the point, too. Remember, he's, he's a government contractor, military contractor, working with every main point of the bigger discussion. And this is where the next show I'm going to get into, it's very concerning how his work with all of this overlaps very directly with the stuff, we, the stuff we've been talking about. The Charles Lieber conversation, the Langer stuff, the, the, the inside, the, the implantables the mesh neural wires and the different things you're talking about. It's literally where all this goes. When we get into the internet of nano things and what that really means and the nanobots and health and all of that, it's exactly the same stuff. I'm, there is a bigger picture to this that, uh, that I think I'm only just really beginning to see as the bigger picture. Now, it's not to say that there's not some larger discussion about depopulation or whatever else you think is happening, but it doesn't have to be only one thing. I'm convinced that there's something bigger happening in this quick transition into this nanotech world that happens before we can say no, and maybe it already has, to the point to where we have nanobots, which is not something to dismiss as much as people will still be, oh, fake news, when you're literally watching them discuss that's how our future will go, and literally using nanotechnology and the injections that were just given to half the world, realize that they're, once that happens, sort of like the glyphosate conversation, there's not really, it's too late. And I'm very concerned about where that goes and what that can do. And even the documents we'll read soon talk about invasiveness and privacy and security and how right now nobody seems to care about that. That's usually how this works. He says Elon has, is, and always will be a government frontman. He said this over and over and over again with the evidence. Read it for yourself. Now, here's a little bit of an alternative perspective. Here is Igor uh, Chudov pointing out just the same point that she is now the CEO, the executive chair of the World Economic Forum. He just points out that this is the sort of accounts that she follows. And it's interesting that people are making this point. And this just him just stating this doesn't imply one way or the other. It's just facts. But it's interesting that people see this and wonder, you know, the overlap. But when you really look at almost anyone's account, I follow a lot of people that I politically disagree with or just generally disagree with for multitude of reasons. Right. So it's just odd. People are jumping to conclusions. But this is what she said about the COVID vaccine program, which we talked about. Very pro vaccine. And he says, I know I'm supposed to say how the WEF has penetrated everything and is subverting Twitter. However, I'm unsure if that would be the true description of the situation. He says, Linda does not give me the vibes of a mindless enforcer of the agenda set by creepy conspiratorial globalists. Well, I, I don't know if I agree that exactly that sentiment, but I think it's very clear that she has a very obvious slant to what she wants to accomplish. She seems to engage with all sorts of people genuinely. Well, that's kind of different than her openly stated policy. But it says she will be supervised by Elon, which I don't know if that makes me feel any better, who, as we know, is also multifaceted, supporting free speech. I don't agree with that on one hand and developing Neuralink on the other. Well, it's, it's a balanced take, and that's why I appreciate what he does. I really do value Igor's work. We should be questioning everything, always. Uh, and nobody should be hoping this isn't the best thing possible. Right. I mean, I don't think that's what's happening. I think the evidence is very clear, but it's like hoping the country fails because you hate Trump. Like, why would we ever hope that this is, you know, I, I hope she, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Elon's going to save the world. I hope that she's the best person ever and that free speech is going to prevail. I just don't think that's going to happen. But I sure as hell hope that I hope that I'm wrong. Now, Doom points out one of many points that I've done the same thing many times that this is very clearly still happening. Apparently, if somebody was just telling me that if you try to type out the last American vagabond, and, it, and so even when it pops up, you click it and then share the tweet. And it turns out that it reverted back to just TLIV and it doesn't share. And it links to some unaccount that's not mine. Oops. 
I find it very hard to believe that's by accident. And I'm seeing the same stuff for me every day or Robert or Derek when I prove, I show them like, weird, your thing just doesn't pop up. I type it exactly. It doesn't show up. Anyway, he, he points out shadow banning. Now you can see that, you know, quick, quickly, you can see that there are, it shows 19 comments underneath this tweet. And of course, this is challenging what's currently happening, saying notice all the accounts Musk responds to that notice all the accounts Musk responded to feel like they're his bros now and we support him ushering in the new world order. And then when you click on it, it only shows you one tweet. Now, I find it hard to believe that 18 people that are on that are all shadow. It just shows you that there's something weird going on. And it's a lot. It could be glitches, sure. But the evidence begins to pile up. And then, of course, the first day of the job, but I'm already loving it. Elon Musk suspended, except it's not really her. Obviously, I'm just trying to be funny. Not Linda Yaccarino, right? It's a parody account. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Elon Musk, being, that would be ridiculous. But what's funny, even more so, is how many people bought it in the chat. I'm just so tired of how subjective. Hey, and that's what they were trained. They were trained to follow screenshots, right? So they see this and they barely even read, not Linda Yaccarino, but look for yourself. There's a whole bunch of people in here going, oh God, you can't believe it, or whatever. People that react because they don't check it. And that's how we've been trained. Caitlin Johnstone says something I agree with. If you find Elon Musk's hiring of the CEO with World Economic Forum and mainstream media background shocking and contradictory, it's probably an indication that your worldview isn't informed by an accurate perception of what's really happening. I agree. If this appointment shocks you, you probably haven't been thinking accurate thoughts about Musk, and you probably haven't been thinking accurate thoughts about the World Economic Forum. Nothing about this stands out as surprising for those who see both as figures of status quo global capitalism. Now that, her point about the World Economic Forum not being the bigger pick, I, I disagree with that, but I still appreciate her objectivity. And the point is that if you are having these kind of outsized, un- non not factually based perceptions on things that are being stemmed by your personal opinions and that your social circles that you're going to end up being misinformed. But you know what? That is your right. And you're allowed to share those opinions. That's free speech. But I, we can, I, then I have a right to say you're ridiculous <laughs> if you want to do that. But she's not wrong in the general sense of, of objectivity, right? But overall, I do actually disagree that the World Economic Forum is just some basic. I mean, it's obvious what the agenda is. Now, I'm not saying I know for sure that what they're doing is in some nefarious end. It's possible that they see it as some altruistic thing. I just find that really impossibly hard to believe. But it doesn't really change the fact that you're openly discussing a, an altering of the world in a massive way that is altering everybody's lives and how they're lived for your best interest. Well, okay, well, nobody voted for that. That's, in, that's inherently concerning for most people. That alone is enough for me. In any case. I think that point's important. Activist Post points out, the former censorship czar is suing for disinformation? <laughs> it's almost too perfect. But here's the main point for me. <clears throat> Nino Jankowitz, who I still, I'm convinced, was like the first kind of flamboyant rollout in order to get us to feel we won, yet now there's like four other Ministry of Truth pop-ups and an overseer of all of them that Glenn uh, Greenwald just pointed out. Meanwhile, half the people are going, we already won. She didn't happen. Yeah, it did happen. This was clearly, in my opinion, a kind of a, release valve okay we hear you and then immediately roll out quiet ones all over the place the point is that she blamed quote destructive media lies for the downfall of her aptly named ministry of truth in a complaint filed earlier this week jankowitz actually accused fox news of creating a quote fabricated bullying narrative about her in her about her in more than 300 tv segments last year including claims that she intended to censor american speech (laughs) 
except that's exactly what was going to happen. Like, I, I don't even know how they try to pretend that's not what, like, you could maybe say disingenuously or inaccurately or unjustly censor American speech, but your inherent premise was censoring misinformation. Right? I mean, that's the whole point. You can say it's misinformation, even though most likely wasn't, but that's still exactly what that is. Censoring American speech. Because censoring misinformation is still censoring speech. And in fact, is not about free speech. It's, in, it's anti antithetical to free speech. But what's funny is that she then points at that thing as if that's one of the fake news. So you're ridiculous. Like, you are utter, like, it, this is about narrative control. But overall, even if they came out and, were, and, and, and literally defamed her, well, I, I take that back, actually. Let's do something that's not legal, like a legal line. But you come out, and let's just say you miss it, you said things that weren't true, but maybe like a stretch of the truth, like we see news do constantly. And I would see and be like, that's not even accurate. The point is, what happens after that is not the fault of the reporter. I don't care if you think that they were intentionally lying. I disagree with that. But this is where we draw this line, guys, because here's what she says. As a result of their false statements, which I don't know how you could know that's why this happened, in, in, in suing harassment. So people harassed you. Now, is that because Fox lied or because they're unhappy that you tried to censor speech as it literally was the that's what happened? And maybe both or maybe not. But you see this world they're creating where they have decided that's why it happened because they know. Well, you don't know that. That's your opinion. So now you're suing Fox News because you say that's why people are harassing you. This harassment included threats of violence, uh, the suit alleged, also claiming that threatening and harassing messages in social media posts are usually linked to Fox coverage. So not all the time. So then if some of them have nothing to do with Fox, then how can you broadly say it's all because of Fox? Because this is political. Now, all of that aside, whether you think it's all Fox or not, again, it's about free speech. And on top of that, when you actually watch what they were talking about, which I have seen their coverage, they're not wrong. Everything, she was actively involved with an entity that was designed to censor speech based on subjective and incorrect medical misinformation opinions from the government. On top of other things. And now that people reach out and say, you're a disgusting person for doing, or, or, you know, look, you have a right to say what you want. Maybe she doesn't realize she was wrong. That's for you to decide. But the idea that she's upset that people would reach out and tell her why what she's doing was wrong, maybe it's in untasteful ways. Maybe they threatened her. If they did, well, threat is you, you can get charged with a crime. So arrest them then if you think that's the case. But to go after Fox News is only about fulfilling her very directive, in my opinion. She apparently is still conducting her job right now. Censor Fox News because they said things. Exactly. The barrage of threats and harassment constitute an actual threat. Okay, did violence happen? You see my point? Like, there's a line here where people are, you, and this is the hard line to walk, right? Because a lot of people are going to say, well, they were threatening her. And maybe they were. And then you can address that individual crime if you think a crime was committed. But to broaden this out and just say everybody anywhere that said certain things now are responsible because this maniac acted, that is the problem. Not to worry, the ruling class has already come up with another solution. It's launching another Ministry of Truth. Well, yeah, and more than that, in fact. And I haven't, ref- I haven't shouted out the, the SHTF plan website for a while. Mac uh, Slavo, right? Slavo, yeah. He does great work. The point, though, is that it's long, that, what we just covered. They've even created an overseer of the different misinformation platform, uh, what are the agencies. So many now have been created, they need an overseer. Glenn Greenwald just covered it. Now, last two points. 
Google's plan, Google's new AI plan to demolish journalism industry. Now, this is you can read this for yourself. Patrick Wood, Technocracy. Maggie Harrison via Futurism. The point is, they're going to they're, they're trying to create a situation where this this plat, this AI group this AI application essentially circumvents your work. It creates what they're calling a search generative experience, or SGE for short, which involves a AI snapshot. Basically, it's an enormous top of the page summarization feature. Right. So, is that what we want? Do you get to decide if that's on your work? And the point is, I guarantee it's not really about the truth, but about controlling the narrative, which is what everything they're doing today. Now, last three points. The overlap with something, and again, I, I can go very deep on this, and I already have recently, which I just called this the, the transgender psyop. As always, people can assume what they think that means, but if you care about what I actually mean, watch the show, because it's not what you think. And it's both sides being manipulated. But ultimately, <clears throat> as James Lindsay points out, well, guess what? There was a study that just came out. Fighting hate speech, silencing drag queens, artificial intelligence, and content moderation and risks to LGBTQ voices. Well, okay, the general premise is that they're being persecuted, right? That every single trans person is being, you know, our lives are under attack. Well, yeah, statistically, that's not true. You, they argue that broadly because they say that not giving them gender-affirming care, which is not even what that actually is, really to children, which is horrifically ridiculous, is somehow threatening their lives. It's just it's a misrepresentation. And it's not human rights. All of this is a lie. Everybody's got the same human rights, regardless of what you think you are. And if, well, anyway, I can go off on this whole thing, but the point is about this study. Leftist LGBTQ drag queen accounts on Twitter analyzed and found to be more toxic than white nationalists. Now, before everybody freaks out and runs away, do you want to see the peer-reviewed science? Because it really does find this. Now, of course, you can argue, and you'd be right to point out, that science can be bastardized. People can lie. Well, if you're willing to make that argument here, then you should probably think about that argument when you're reading that dumb stuff about how safe and effective the injections are. But God forbid you apply logic in the equal way. But let's look at the actual study. Peer-reviewed. Springer, uh, this is from, yeah, Springer.com. From 2020. Weird how I've never seen this and nobody talks about it. Like, it's amazing that we don't see this stuff, isn't it? Here's what it says. Can companies operating internet platforms are developing artificial intelligence tools for content moderation purposes? Technologies developed to measure the toxicity of text-based content. That's just crazy in and of itself. Right? So what point were you not allowed to be toxic or mean? Or how about somebody misconstrues what you meant and it was a joke? Like, the point is, this is just subjective. And it comes down to more limitations on your speech, which is really the point. But it says this paper uses what's called perspective, an AI technology. Now, here's the point. The research indicated that perspective, the AI, considered a significant number of drag queen Twitter accounts to have higher levels of toxicity than white nationalists. It speaks for itself. The qualitative analysis revealed that perspective was not able to properly consider social context when measuring toxicity levels and failed to recognize in which words that might, that might conventionally be seen as offensive convey different meanings in the LGBTQ speech. Okay, I get it. So the, way, the sentence that matters is the fact that the toxicity levels were the same. The last sentence is their way of saying, but, but, we don't understand how they mean them. Okay, do you, do you allow that kind of benefit of the doubt to be applied to white nationalists? who are apparently less toxic online? Of course not. Because that's the, no, there's no 
gray area here, but apparently LGBTQ can come out and say some of the most AI perceives as more toxic than than white nationalist racism, which we've all seen. I'm not going to say that represents everybody, but we've seen them. I've shown them to you. And yet we go, but, 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 but we, the AI is not able to discern if they just, you know, have a wink, wink, different meaning when they say X, Y, and Z that really is offensive. I mean, that, that is a stupid thing to say. Unless you're going to apply that equally and realize that every, you know, it, ultimately what it means is people in these communities are saying things that are conventionally disgusting and mean and attacking people. And then they go, but it's, you know, the context. They're the ones being attacked. So we are, oh, that, that's the kind of social justice politics we're talking about. Isn't it ridiculous? And at the end of the day, this is the kind of stuff that's going to be guiding or the opposite of this, the guiding or, I mean, actually, even this last sentence going to be guiding people like the, her on Twitter and whether they decide that, well, they can attack you, but you can't attack them because, well, context. <laughs> okay. Are they more toxic? Are they being more offensive? Are they being more? Look, the point is none of them should be censored. None of them, unless they're breaking the law or even, even more so if you want to abide by Twitter's terms of service and acknowledge that it's not actually free speech, well, then they have to abide by those terms of service. The point is even that is not applied equally. It's just subjective from the very start. And Liberty Lockdown points out when Biden refers to white supremacy as the biggest terror threat in the United States, it is merely a means to bringing the war on terror to your own shores. And guess what, guys? It's already here. Whitney and I have talked about this since before 2020. Whether we want to talk about your body being the new battlefield in the biosecurity state or the reality that this has always been directed at you. The war on domestic terror was just the open repurposing of that directed at you. And so we saw it. It's always the war on terror or the war of terror. We can prove that those resources were marshaled against you, against people at home, under the guise that we were fighting terrorism. It's always been about you. It's always been about controlling your lives. As he writes, every politician that voted for the Patriot Act did this to you. And if you supported the Patriot Act, you did this to yourselves. And if you're supporting the new things right now, you're doing it to yourself. The point is, we all need to be objective about this. I just hope people can actually see how clear this is. Because the Twitter part of this, it is important in the sense of how it will be used to control the conversation and keep us divided. And we need free speech absolutists. Stand by that, even though it can be difficult and realize that if you do not protect the worst speech, you don't think you don't care about free speech. And there will always be people that try to put you on the spot and try to make it seem like you support something disgusting by saying that it's not the truth, at least not from my perspective. It is about the fact that we have to draw this line or we will lose. And they know that that's why he came out and pretended he was about free speech absolute and he's not. You don't care about free speech if you don't allow freedom of reach. You don't care about free speech if you're going to censor hate speech. You don't care about free speech if you keep people censored who were right about what's going on around the COVID-19 direction. Hey, well, it turned out to be about two hours. I didn't think it was going to be that long. But in any case, thank you for tuning in today. Like I said, I can almost, well, depending on what, things might change tomorrow. We'll see if I've got extra time. Most likely, I'm not going to be doing a show Mother's Day tomorrow. So that's going to be what I'm focusing on. But I will be back after that, and we're going to focus on some pretty crazy stuff. But check out the stuff we've recently put out in regard to the Libra connection, the recent interview I had with Destiny uh, Resendez about the resilience, uh, resilient, was it with the National Resilience Inc. and the overlap of the DOD and these injections and what it all comes back to, the same research, the same technology, and this obvious, very concerning nanotechnology discussion and where this seems to be going. 
So thank you for supporting this platform, guys. We need your help. We are growing. And I'm going to say it again today, and I'm going to make a bigger push about this soon. But I'm making big moves right now. Scott and I just had a really important conversation. We are going to push this to the next level. Like I've had a few times in this in this whole development of the last American Vagabond where I just have a feeling. One of them was getting this office. One of them was bringing Scott on the team where I just think something just tells me that 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 is the right thing to do. And I follow my, my gut instinct and a lot of the, and every time I've done that, it has been the right thing to do. Something right now is telling me that we need to push into this before people, you know, sad, sorry, in my opinion, people like Tucker who push in and take advantage of the clout we've built. That's the clout's the wrong word of the, the social capital that the independent media has built. Not just TLF, all of us that we have built 30 seconds ago, we were a bunch of fringe people in our mother's basements. And now everyone in the corporate media is trying to take a piece of what we have created. So we need to build this now while that before this all gets overtaken, before some new technologically technocratic control structure gets put around us, we need to build something that cannot be taken down our own network, our own reach and keep going. You know, I'm dedicated to seeing this through guys. So support us, help us out. I love you all. As always question everything, come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.